what camera I'm looking at. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Joining me today is the talented and ever so lovely and looks very happy to be here right now, Andy Escalise. Yay! Hello, everybody. And the other equally lovely and equally ever so talented and I think I did ever so lovely and talented, but Andy Graziano. Lovely. And our special guest today is Mr. Rob Kipp. Yay! Hi, guys. Rob is somebody I've been trying to get on the show for quite a while, um, and he just didn't like us enough to do it. And what we did is no, <laughs> no, uh, we have a, a mutual love of Genesis, and uh, that's sort of like the half the theme of the show today. The other half is where we're having a new uh, fellow band geek, a new uh, adjunct band geek on the show today. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And um, uh, what, what's really cool about you is, um, like, you know how how the, our normal band geek keyboard player Vin knows like a thousand songs right mm-hmm. rob knows who recorded those songs um he knows the um the the, the who was in the studio mm-hmm. what they ate while they were doing <laughs> it like you have you have like a really impressive musical knowledge and um it's it's just and most of the time i don't know what you're talking about when you talk about prog rock i'm like okay i'm 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 with you now but um you know it's and i think that's like one of the things that you and i and all of us really have in common is that we you know we're, we're all into different things like you know Andy, you're into like you know wrestling music, whatever you listen to. Or- <laughs> <laughs> Rick Derringer. No, no, but I'm saying like this is like the, our one passion is prog rock, specifically Genesis. That's like the one thing we can all agree yeah. on. And um, <laughs> so we've you and I we we had like a a band that played I think one gig, right? <laughs> That's right. We and it was basically this band uh, with Danny Miranda on bass. Yeah. Um, but Danny, it, it's a schlep for Danny to get here. So uh, you have you've done very well. Uh, Andy, but at, at this point we already recorded the two songs, so we're pretty relieved and low key. Um, and Andy also likes Genesis. Yeah, well, we, we all, of course. By no means Gen- are you a silver medal in this in this equation. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep calling. No, <laughs> no, Andy, Andy's awesome, and and I'm just very lucky. I mean, when when we do these tunes on YouTube, the the one comment I see over and over again is like, how do you? have access to all these musicians or people <laughs> saying like oh man i really wish i could play this song but i don't know people who can play it I, i'm with you guys you know what i mean like i'm i feel the same way like there are tunes that i've wanted to do since i'm a kid that i could never do and i mean look you know the three of us we had like a, a good yeah. little unit there but we oh, were always missing we're always missing a piece uh, so like, it's like one or two pieces i mean even like on the close to the edge we were video like genesis when 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 uh, steve hackett left and then Peter Gear. We were like Genesis left. when Steve Hackett left, but didn't have any money to hire, like, you know, Daryl or, or, <laughs> uh, or Chester. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we. <laughs> that's we didn't have any money to hire extra musicians. <laughs> that, that's, exa- that's exactly right. So, um, but, but it's really cool because, you know, I didn't know you in high school. I'm, uh, how old are you? I will be 36 in a couple weeks. 36. So, w- did you live in Staten Island? Uh, Not until I moved here in 2001 to, uh, to go to school at, at College of Staten Island. Right. So, so. W- you would have been really clutched to have in high school uh, <laughs> in our band. I feel the same way. I, I had I had nobody to sort of up besides the teachers. The teachers at my high school in Long Island were like sort of some of them were into the prog. Were so you, that was. Were the, you born in Long Island? No, born in Brooklyn. Uh, I went to elementary school in Queens, high school in Long Island, and then I came out here. My dad was living out here, and so I moved in with him, and that's where I went to CSI and started like this network. So this is where I've been. When did you start playing music? 
I started playing music, I want to say, like, 10 or 11. Like, I just, you know, I would fiddle around on people's keyboards. So it was like, I'm a very ear-first person. So I would just pick out melodies. And, you know, it's funny, because you talked about wrestling music. And I swear, I think the first, the first thing I ever played that was doing... <laughs> that's the first melody I think I remember picking uh, out. Fight but, for the uh, rights of my every parents man. were like were big music fans, like big classic rock fans. I think my mom, my mom told me her first concert was a Yes concert, like 1972 oh. at the Academy of Music, and she was like 12. And she went to see Genesis. She missed Peter Gabriel Genesis, but she saw the first tour with Phil at the Beacon Theater. Well. So that's in <laughs> April '76. They were doing two shows. A day at the Beacon Theater for two days. So apparently she saw one of those shows. And then when Phil Collins was on HBO, like when I was seven or eight years old, one of his concerts was on was on a simulcast. They were there. My folks were there. Wow. So wow. The, Phil was like someone they had a special affinity for. So listening to Phil is what found got me through to like, oh, the other hits that are on the Genesis albums. And then I literally went through Genesis's albums backwards. <laughs> so every hour... That's was a like, good way to go through them. It is, yeah, really. I, have to rec- I highly recommend it to someone who like wants to... I can say shit or poop. Yeah, on, you can say whatever you want. Poop on the pop years and like <laughs> go backwards and even like what you think now. What people people talk about Genesis or Abacab or Duke is like their poppier records. But I know that I listened to Invisible Ch- Touch and then I bought Abacab and I went, "What is?" I couldn't even comprehend <laughs> the complexity of it. Even like I was already falling for the Beatles, but I couldn't get this other side. These long, the longer pieces, I couldn't put it all together. Is Genesis so, the first like? prog rock band you really got heavily into that's the band that opened the door for me so yeah all the other prog that came out of it came, came from from genesis so that's why that's like kind of like my deepest dive but the you know what about you what was your first prog rock band i know you were a zappa guy i was a zappa guy first but i don't he's just zappa he's not, he's like not prog, prog but it, but i feel like that gets you into the mode of wanting to oh, that'll listen open, to more virtuosic music that'll open your ears up real quick <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. um i think i think it was yes starting with with you guys here well really just you first uh, was, and we con- and we conned him into liking yes. Yeah. Well, that's like you were saying before about finding people. Like we talked about this earlier, but like we would be like, "Hey, there's this guy who could like he plays the keyboards. We should and he plays drums too. We should get him." And that was Andy. And then it's like later on, it's like, "Oh, this guy can like do this." And like we just found these people one at a time that could like do these things that were not easy for the normal guy to do. Uh, you know what's cool about but yes, but I also got the the first ELP album because my father had it on record, and I went and bought it for myself on tape. Mm-hmm. So that and and the yes stuff was the first stuff for me. And then I remember going to get this like Genesis, like still before I knew anything about it, and just seeing the cover of Nursery Crime, and being like, "Whoa, this is what I have to get into." Let me get this because I think you got me into Genesis. Yeah, it was just like, it was just a random purchase at like Sam Goody by the mall back when, or the Wiz. One <laughs> My of those first places. exposure to Genesis was uh, We Can't Dance or I go. Can't Dance or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it was. See, you know what, what's cool about? And then I had to go backwards. Yeah, I knew yeah. that like from when it was out right. currently or something. Yeah. Like I had heard that. But what I was gonna say is what's cool about like this setup right here. Mm-hmm. Is that what the hardest thing in high school is like, hey, you want to join my band? We're going to learn 30 prog rock songs. That's like... <laughs> Why? The, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with doing this, like, and so I'm going to say this to everybody who asks me, how do you get this band? Like, we're doing this because it's a, it's a night of the week. We're all free. And we like we learning a couple songs. That's what it's flexible. That's why hey, we can Rob's do this. coming in to play some Genesis. Yeah, okay, right. it, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, like when, when when you're trying to like, I can't get a, yeah, I can't get a band to do this either. You know, because that would mean I'd have to book gigs and do rehearsal time. It's very hard. But when it's when it's something flexible like this, it's easy to get great guys like you or Chris Clark to come down here 
and and you know and play these tunes that we always wanted to play, but you know always we're, we're always one person short, and that's even <laughs> like with me and you play, playing different instruments and you yeah, playing yeah. Right. more instruments than us. It's like we could never quite get the configuration. Yeah, because like we we did the Siberian Katru one time at like was it the that's CD right. release party? Yeah, like, yeah, whenever. And it was the three of us, and then we had a drum machine playing <laughs> drums. So I was like, "You're missing something there." We, were always, we always had like one guy yeah. that we just couldn't get it. But so, so Genesis was like you backed into prog rock that exactly. way. Exactly. You know, I always thought like when I I told this story in the, on the show before, I'm not gonna tell it again. But like um, the the quick version is, my uncle told me you, you, the problem with you, and you know my uncle Phil. You play. It, mm-hmm. Oh, first of all, for anybody who doesn't know, which is probably everybody watching this, Rob plays with my dad. You're you're you are one of the members of Good and Plenty, my dad's band. That's right. That's right. Um, so so you know we both have that shared experience, but uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, but you know you, he plays with my uncle Phil on bass, who's also been on the show. And uh, my uncle told me I was the hugest Beatles fan. I love the Beatles, and he told me, you know what your problem is? You only like music that people can dance to. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I do. And he showed me a Yes tune. And I said, yeah, this sucks. I hate this. You know, this is like nonsense. <laughs> it's like I can't. There's no. There's no hook. You know. So, and I played like a really terrible gig one day with my band, and I was embarrassed. So, as a punishment to myself, I learned Heart of the Sunrise because <laughs> uh, I was like so. In, I was so mortified by my bad musicianship at this one gig that I said I'm gonna like step it up and, and learn something that I don't like mm-hmm. that I know is hard. That someone someone told me this is hard music that you won't be able to play. And I like I locked myself in my room until I learned how to play it. And that's when I gained an appreciation for it. I was like, I get it now. I that, get it. That happened to me with the uh, with the Allman Brothers. With Remember Big Bob? Yeah. So my dad's friend Big Bob was also learning guitar at the time. The only difference was I was like 14 and he was like 50. And he challenged my father. Oh, your son can't play uh, Whipping Post. Why would you say that to somebody? Your son can't do this. <laughs> so weird. I then set about learning the whole damn song both solos and everything like 14 years old we videoed it we sent it to him he was supposed to owe him dinner but I don't think he ever collected on it <laughs> I've got so, two small children if you're now watching, and Big I can Bob. tell you that nothing makes a child do the opposite of what you want them to do than to say no in yeah, front of them yeah, so absolutely. it could be anything don't throw that dish don't learn that Almond Brothers song. Yeah. Like that's, you know, just the just fighting against the other you know, thing. Or that, I bet you can't. Yeah, I bet you can't. Exactly. Yeah. It's speaking, a big motivator. Speaking about you can't dance to prog rock we can't even count no and we tried oh, to Lord <laughs> if you look we we did facebook live tonight and this is probably going to be you know on youtube months later than right now but we did facebook live tonight of us rehearsing this and the the four of us had a different interpretation of how to count the beat to um to this song are we going to put the song in this or do we do it separately i can't remember how we do this now well either the, either the song's going to happen soon in the video or there's going to be a link over here. Hey, you you point, Andy. Point to the Rickenbacker. There it is. That's where the link is going to be. <laughs> oh, while we're talking about links, oh, no, actually, here's a link, so you can click on that. Mm. Yep. And let's take care of a little business. If you see that, uh, look at Andy Graziano right now. Look at that beautiful shirt he's wearing. Let's 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 get a close up on Andy. See this shirt here? That is a Band Geek T-shirt, and you can have that if you go to richiecastellano.com. And can you give me some uh, some you know uh, sure. set, trying to sell my crap music? <laughs> you can have me on your shirt. <laughs> so look at Andy. Andy, give a little give a little model a uh, little. Uh, you gotta look a little seductive. Now <laughs> we've got. 
got the Elvin Andy on the drums. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty the, nice. The drum right there. We've that's got sexy. we've got Captain Andy that's on right. the bass. That's mm. me. Mm. You don't I'm want going, that. I'm going like this. <laughs> then we've got Wonder Anne Marie. That's right. Singing the uh, on the vocal. There we got we've got Kylo Castellano. <laughs> oh, you ass, <laughs> Jedi Rich. No, he he did that to, to annoy me. <laughs> George R. Castellano. <laughs> <laughs> got Vin Vin Innocente wearing uh, Indiana Jones Indiana Jones why don't I plug a gig for tomorrow that won't happen in, in, uh, in yeah, four or five long. months time he's wearing Tom Tula, another fabulously talented guy he's wearing his hat and jacket in this uh, Come there's, see there, him there's Muff ago. playing the uh, what does Muff do exactly <laughs> what do you do here <laughs> what is it you'd say you do here we love Buff. Yes. And he's got a Ghostbusters thing here. We got the mysterious Brandy on the, uh, who usually handles our, what does so she handle we'll, here? We'll put a she link up. Go to richiecastellano.com. We have all of our merch there. Uh, we have signed yeah. posters and CDs and whatnot. Yeah, Andy's giving you the look right now. <laughs> also, if you use Amazon, you can shop with their Amazon link. Go to riotcast.com slash bandgeek. There's an Amazon banner at the top of the page. You do your shopping like normal. And when you check out, a, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show and doesn't cost you anything extra. I can and do that too? You you haven't been doing that. No. You, okay. Anyway, um, we'll talk about it later. And, the, <laughs> It'll be and, a and if you too. just like what we're doing and say, hey, uh, we want to support bandgeek, um, use our tip jar link. That's richiecastellano.com slash tip jar. Okay. So now that I've uh, I've done all the business... So, um, what the hell were we talking about before? Genesis. Genesis, okay. <laughs> and the people who know and or can play it. No, but you... Um, so, yeah, we... You, you were saying, thinking of learning something as a... We couldn't count. Oh, we, we couldn't count, right. Oh, right. So, right. yeah, so if you just watched that video of uh, Behind the Lines, we were... You were counting it. How are you counting and, but it? But the thing is, you can't hear anything, because we're listening to everything on our headphones, but... The video that we put on was just made on a phone, so all you hear is us playing. You can't hear what we hear, so you're just hearing click clack. It sounds like this, <laughs> and the sound of drum pads being hit. <laughs> so, how are you counting that intro? I'm, I'm counting it the way I play it. So, so count, <laughs> show with the with the snare drum on the two and the four. Play and count it. So, this is behind the lines. Say the numbers. Two, three, four, one. One, two, three, four. Okay, now, one, r- how are you two, counting it, Andy? Three, I'm not. One, <laughs> I'm playing two, C. Three. And, one, and how are you counting it, Rob? And four, and one, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and three, and four. And here's how I'm counting it. One, two, three, no. four. One, two, three. <laughs> That's how I'm counting. That's one, amazing. two, three. Hold on, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One. That's how I'm counting. That's why. That's why I couldn't play that because I, that came on like the E of three for me, and it sounded completely wacky. But oh, you're counting as it the moment we count it off. You're <laughs> counting it off from the top. One, two, three, yeah. four. One, two, three, four. One, two. That's how I'm counting it. Right. I'm counting it by just waiting for your crash symbol. <laughs> many, like, many doom. listens before I could feel, ah, the, the, got it. feel the downbeat on that. Hey, Brandon Etheridge, if you're watching this, uh, this is a where's the effing beat. It's in four, but uh, <laughs> apparently <laughs> not. It's in four, four. It's in four, and I'm just an idiot. But yeah, we had to do the – this was – I thought the, in the cage was going to be the harder one because it's funny. Like As you go 
backwards with the Genesis thing, like you have like Invisible Touch, that's a, that's a pop album, right? right? And then as you go further back, like all the way to like say Foxtrot, then you're in squarely in prog territory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about bands like Genesis and even well, actually, all the prog rock bands did this. I think that with maybe King Crimson didn't really have a a pop phase. But, no, they had a different phase, but it wasn't a pop phase. <laughs> right, right. But like, you know, to me, the perfect, I'm going to use the word again, cross-section again, where, where you've reached the peak of Prague and with palatable, radio-friendly material is the Duke album. Mm-hmm. That album is ridiculous. It's like, because like, w- that was harder to play than the, the traditional Prague tune By a lot. in the cage yes. that we're going to do later. Um, and... But it was like deceptively hard. Mm-hmm. It's like oh four, like you can you hear you can play this, but try to play it. And the thing is, this is one of those tunes that if you have the um, you're playing with the record, you think you can play it, right? And then once you take the the record away, you really can't play it. Yeah. And we were also saying they keep on like dropping beats here and there, right? Like going back into it, it's not like a full bar. It's like seven. There eight, are bands that definitely like even. showed you, you know, their seventeens and twenty ones, and like yeah. were very, a little. Cl- Perhaps more complex right at the surface, but Genesis would hide these drop yeah. beats in the middle of like poppy arrangements or this fanfare. Like you know, you're just not even thinking about it. That's almost how you have to learn it by just not thinking about it. But it's like if you set, if you sit and count it, it's crazy. Yeah, right. They're, they're not they're, just these. They're this, musical. Yeah, exactly. They're not right, exactly. beating you over the head feel, with the time change. Now we it. are in seven. Now they we did are it for. Five, now, you know. They did it for the music for a reason and mm-hmm. not just. Oh, we could do this. Right. Well, you know what? I was reading an interview with Phil Collins, and he was talking about the nine eight or whatever it was nine sixteen section at the end of uh, Supper's Ready, and he oh, said Apocalypse in nine eight. Yeah, nine eight. <laughs> and he was just like, I used to just you, oh. you used to hear me counting one two three four five six seven eight nine one two three. He said, but then after a while, I realized that, like, I was playing like a robot. <laughs> and he said, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I just stopped counting it and I just started singing it. And I think I bet you that's how those guys play this music. They're just singing it. They're not counting anything. You know, the, the other band who does this to me is Yes, yeah. but like Yes, even in their like proggiest part, like everything sounds like it flows. It's mm-hmm. not like the kind of like Rush or Dream Theater prog where it's like it sounds difficult on purpose. You know what I mean? Which is I love that sort of stuff. Like you know Y Y Z. That's like the 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 thing everybody points to, and it's Absolutely. like oh let's play the song that's going to be impossible to play, and it is. But like even like you know the um. Over all the times I had to wait. Like that part is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a it's, nice song. Yeah, <laughs> it's the it's the sweetest, like nicest part of the tune, but it's so crazy. It's like the, the, the thinking like and all of us had crazy stuff to do, like to think about when we did that. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like out of my prog rock, and that's why I even like that, you know. 80s era, yes. Like, you know. Yeah, um, well, uh, uh. Jazz. Like, to me, it's like you think you're listening to pop music until you try to learn it. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, and you know, another example of that is something that Bobby Rondinelli used to say all the time about Blue Oyster Cult. He's like, the music sounds easy, but it's not. There's like strange counts it i mean it just it's going by you don't notice it when you're just listening as a listener but when you try to play it you go oh wait a minute like it, I'm, i missed that thing you know <laughs> but so i want to talk about talk more about you so did you start pl- like taking lessons to do this stuff or i never took any lessons no i'm a way. self-taught musician huh. um when i got to college i took one semester worth of piano lessons with the with the head of the department and 
for both of us, that was kind of for me to work on reading to be better to get better at reading because I still did you I teach scrapped it together. Read? Yes. Wow. I mean, I, st- I can't say that I, st- I still can't say I do it amazingly, especially my sight reading. Actually, you know, this past year, my sight reading has gotten better since I started working at a church. Mm. But, um, but in general, so my, all of that, everything I scrapped together. And then in like sophomore or junior year of, as my undergrad, I went through it with, uh, with Sylvia Kahan at the College of Staten Island so that she could watch my technique and help me if I was doing anything now that I would regret later. I wanted her to watch <laughs> me play. And I still have defective fingerings. My left hand is, you know, all over the place. But like, she helped me. She gave me some things that are like that, you know, would um, help me physically. That was what I felt like I needed the most help with. But was... the, the, there's one more thing here because all the college level, uh, you know, piano players they can play, but you're singing at the same time. So this how do is you? Not fun. Yeah. Like how do you? <laughs> how do you do? I love it, it but it's not. How, do you practice that, or do, do you do you have to develop like a method to do that, or is it you just it just naturally happened? When I do songs like these, I mean, I've heard them so many times. Like even even if I'm sweating it a little bit, like playing the two parts, you know, in an ideal world, you know, like any keyboard player in a Genesis project, you wouldn't be singing. Yeah, you know, but like, um, but I like the challenge. I like the challenge. I mean, I used to sing only because nobody ever wanted to sing the stuff I wanted to sing. <laughs> so I never, I was never dying to be a singer. Then, you know, actually working with your dad's band is what really, like, helped me le- get, like, a voice, you know, um, and now, so now I like doing it, and I enjoy the challenge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a weird compliment right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a, a – I, I enjoy every compliment. No, that, a, a, so a classic, like, maybe it's not a compliment compliment that, uh, I, I that I'm, I'm known for. before the whip. I got yes. <laughs> no, but when I first, like, heard you sing, you did a thing that I did and a lot of singers do. It's, like, basically the sound that comes out of your mouth is your voice, right? And then – one day you realize, wait a minute, that doesn't have to be my voice. Yeah. You know, like, and I did that a lot. And do you know what? Like, what what made me realize I can change it was going. She had a place in his life. Like, I was like, oh wow, I can sound like Michael McDonald. And I said, wait a minute, if I can sound like Michael McDonald, I don't have to sound like me anymore. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I can pick who I want to sound like, just like even as like a guitar player. Like, you know, I, I don't play a lick. And, and Andy, you could, you know, you can, you'll, you'll understand this. Like, I wouldn't play this lick like, uh, right? I would go, I, you know, because that's a little bit of Eric Clapton, you know, a little bit of Richie Blackmore maybe. So it's like you, you take little elements you like from your influences. But I noticed that, like, I didn't hear you sing for like a year. And I was like, okay, Rob's great. He's got a high voice, you know, he's but he sounds like his, it's like his, talking voice just sung right and then i like didn't hear you sing for a year and i heard you and i was like rob sounds like a different guy and it's like mm-hmm. so did you is that a conscious thing you did it was uh it was work put me in that situation so doing the kind of work that i was doing where i had to sing more leads mm-hmm. helped me develop those chops so it was like like a little bit of I was happy for it, but it was like trial, you know, like a little bit of a trial by fire as I was doing it. Right. But it was great. The, you know, it, that's, you said something interesting just there, like doing leads. Because I feel like a lot of guys who, first of all, if you can play an instrument and you'll, you can attest it, all of us can. If you can play an instrument and you can sing, you're like 50% more likely to get the gig. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because basically you just solved the problem for someone who's <laughs> hiring you. Um, but what you said is, you know, singing lead you know, made you a better singer. But as a result, your harmonies got better. Because even like putting on a voice, even now a lot of people think, oh, you're that's like a poser thing. You're doing a voice. <laughs> but like 
Does Pavarotti talk like he sings? Yeah. Hello! <laughs> Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> the toilet is overflowing. <laughs> but, you know, you know, but even that, that ability to listen to a lead singer and try to match them tonally, that's a huge skill. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the Eagles. How when the Eagles sing harmonies, it's like one freaking guy. Yeah. Amazing, or, or like Lennon and McCartney, how they would kind of like sing like each other when they were doing harmonies. Right, they would meet in the middle. Yeah, like you know, he was if, if John was singing lead, Paul would try to sing like him a little bit to to you know smooth it out. That's what you know. And our friends, uh, the Bibino brothers, they they when they oh, sing harmonies, so they sound like one guy. It's they crazy. Um, but you know, that's that's a really valuable skill. And I want to talk about gigs for a second because you're a busy guy now. Tell us about like all the different things you do because you play a lot of gigs in a lot of different groups. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I've I've run around. I've I've got you know, um, I've been you know paid my dues. You know, well, it feels longer than it feels feels longer when I think about it, or though it feels less. It feels like a, it wasn't that long ago. But I spent I was I spent some time running up and down the van. I was in a tribute band doing Zeppelin tunes, so mm-hmm. I had to cover John Paul Jones. Oh wow! So I was already there with the keyboard. You played but bass, then, yeah, bass guitar. So what other instruments I, I, do you play besides keyboard? Um, I can play bass. I can comp on guitar. I, I wouldn't ever call myself a lead guitar player. Um, I can play the drums, not as well as Andy can, but I can. I can keep it in the pocket with with a drum kit. Um, I you know I, I work on pipe organs now because of the work that I do, but I was doing it in the Zeppelin band. I bought the Roland uh, PK five nice. MIDI pedals so that you I can could do sit that and play. with your foot. Yeah, yeah, I could do. Uh, it, I'm, I'm not E Power Biggs, but I you know, but I'm you know, or, or or John Paul Jones, but I'm close enough. And I mean, that was actually a challenge too to sing. So we would be you know, uh, uh, let me take that off. Walking in the park with the, and then with your foot going, doing the bass line. I can't imagine feet. that. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, John Paul Jones would be doing all this, but not singing. So that was a challenge Ugh. to do oh, that. Oh, man. Um, but it was fun. So, yeah, that, that was like five or six years doing that, like running up and down the coast and getting, mm-hmm. you know, once in a while doing, you know, little West Coast trips. But it was fun. You know, like I got, I got my, you know, my road miles in. Uh, working wedding bands, working, you know, f- freelance here at home, like especially the guys I met at school, you know, which is also how I met you guys. You know, we would do pro- different projects all the time. Um, like you play with John a lot, our yeah, friend John exactly. Lynch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with John, you know, is how I met some of the guys in, in um, the bars and restaurants down by the ferry, which is how I got to know Sal and the guys that that became the Impractical Jokers. Mm-hmm. Before oh, yeah. they were, you know, struggling artists like the rest of us, and so we did a couple of the gigs with them on the cruise. And the cruises, yeah. Which, oh, yeah nice. And then Vinny took the Vinny grabbed the job last year when I was when my son was being born. It was the same. It was like two weeks. They were two weeks apart. He couldn't wait. So the kid. I, <laughs> I, you know, he'll he'll he will know one day. It's like oh, I'm you know, you I missed my trip to New Orleans. You know because you know I, I am I, I am happy you're here, but I did miss I did miss a free I did miss a paid trip to New Orleans from New Orleans to uh, Cozumel. You know for you so. No guilt there. No You're pressure. welcome. The, the, other, the, the other thing I like about you is that, like, you he, here's the thing: you you could play jazz, and you play jazz pretty well. I think so. I feel like I I feel like I can. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't shit the bed. I, I definitely <laughs> I'm a very obsessive listener of jazz, and again, because I don't have as many opportunities to play straight ahead as I would maybe want. You know, I feel like my side of it is is could be better. But I do, I do love it. I enjoy comping, and I love you know messing I with think chord you're extensions. Great at it. Oh, thank you. But like we had our friend Hanan Rubinstein on, and and I said you're a jazz guitar player, right? He goes, not really. I said, so basically, jazz musician is anybody who plays jazz better than you. So <laughs> you right. playing jazz better than me 
your jazz musician. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen. I mean, you know, I've, I mean, I've heard a lot of your work, obviously, because we we know each other a long time. So, you know, when you do like the underscore work you've done, or when you put on that hat, it's awesome. You know, so what what jazz are we gonna play right now? Eddie's gonna get oh, sticks no. ready. No, this is this is the real. J- yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> What's the jazz? Well, okay, what, Andy. What jazz song do you know that's not by Spinal Tap? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the easy one. <laughs> you play? That's it? That's it. Alright. Or in G. What tune is it? I never heard this. That's Pent Up House by Sonny Rollins. Oh, well, that was very impressive. Well, thanks. I think if you two guys did a gig together without us, it would sound great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's... I got to bring him on the on the co- well. I'm I sure can play bass. On the cocktail. I can <laughs> play okay, jazz you know? bass with charts, no problem. Don't, yeah, get, don't put, give me a guitar though, because that's like that's. that's I could if I have the chords in front of me, I could do it. That's my glaring hole. My chords are mad lame, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like. You know what's funny? Our our friend John Lynch, he's he was on the show kind of once because I oh then you were too right because uh, the, I brought my the, Zoom uh, recorder the Fat Tuesday night yeah yes. I brought my Zoom recorder that, so, yep. so this is your, your return to the show yeah but this is an official show yeah but um we we he he has a, a restaurant and we give him a shout out called the Rosebank Tavern Rosebank Tavern and on Thursday nights they do jazz the jazz and they jam. have like a, a, j- a jam where you can sit in so thing is I am comfortable sitting in on about three or four tunes That's it. right yeah and <laughs> and. Um, I went up there and, and our mutual friend great trumpet player Mike Morreale like I was sitting with him and he's like alright what are we doing I was like Blue Bassa he's like nah I don't want to do that and so as someone who's like not a jazz musician yeah, yeah. that's a, what I know though yeah when a, when a <laughs> so j- we're doing that when, a, when like a real jazz musician says nah, I'm not going to do that like lame tune you're like that lame tune's like the only tune I can play <laughs> yeah. and not sound crappy on. it's like a rocket let's do twist and shout <laughs> let's do uh, <laughs> you know but I, I've been in I've been in that on the other situ- the other side of that situation, like I was running a jam, and a, a guy comes up. He goes, "Let's do Sweet Home Alabama." I was like, "Well, you know, yeah. rather than that, he goes, that's the only song I know." I said, <laughs> "Okay, one, two, three. Yep. Like, I, you know, I don't want to make anybody feel bad, you know, especially at one of those things. But so you you did so you taught yourself all this stuff, and you also seem to be pretty savvy with the gear. That's a big um, obsession for me, I guess. So even when I was learning, you know, it was like a getting uh, pitching the sounds if I was learning something. Now, that was kind of a big deal for me. The reason I'm bringing that up is because as someone okay, there's a weird attitude and I've spoken to jazz musicians about this great jazz musicians mm-hmm. and they confirm this that if you once you ha- like possess the power to play standards and solo over them and that's look, that is a, an amazing skill. It's a language. And the people who can do that, who can just blow over changes you know, effortlessly without sweating like I do. You know what I mean? The, the, they just hear it. Um, I really appreciate those guys. But most of the time, when you put those guys in a cover gig, they'll play the whole gig with a road sound, oh, or they'll get the one the one sound in the amp, just turn it on, and not learn the parts or whatever. Like you do not do that. Like like I can hear you play what you just played. You know, 
really great jazz, and then you'll go do a gig with my dad's band, and you play Uptown Funk, and not only do you play the right parts, you have the samples loaded in the <laughs> do, 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 do. To me, that that goes further than anything, because I'm the same way. Like, when we've done gigs together, like, I before the gig, like, after I'm done learning the songs, okay, now it's time to program the sounds. And that's like a whole, that's like relearning the whole yeah. set again. And to me, like, getting your tones together is just as important. Like, you guys know who that guy Pete Thorne is? The guitar player, yeah, like he he was Chris Cornell's guitar player. Played oh. with uh, Melissa Etheridge. He's like a really like a first in- concert I ever saw. Melissa Etheridge, that cool. Was my first concert, yeah. But he's like a really in demand guy, and he says like showing up with your tones dialed in that big deal. That's just as important as singing. You know what I mean? Because that's another thing that the whoever's hiring you doesn't have to deal with. You know, so. So, I spent a few years working with, and you had him in here too, Mike DeCampo, yeah, who was very, very, very particular, and. You know, we would sit and wait for him to set up, you know, at a bar in Brooklyn with extra amplifiers and eight guitars <laughs> together. But but then when when he played the song, you know, when you played "Had to Cry Today" or when you played, you know, um, whatever it was, you know, uh, you know, I Jessica or any of those, yeah. Or if um, I needed someone, he had yeah, the Rick and right, Twelve for that. Yeah. Or the when we wanted to do Wichita Lineman, and he brought the baritone guitar. Like you know, you you appreciate. I appreciate the extra attention, the detail, um, and again. It's. I did it because I was not because I was looking for work, but I feel like paying attention to that keeps you working as well. You know. Yeah. So you know the guy that just sits and plays. You know, give me preset number one, or the guy that you know when, took the extra care to like maybe put something together that matches the song. Yeah, I I, I think that's so important, and you know you, anybody watching this knows that we like the sounds. I mean, we do a lot of that, and, I, and anybody who asks me, I, this is not like a secret. We do a lot of it in post. Uh, you know, we we MIDI the keyboards. I'll DI the guitars. So if if something while I'm mixing isn't really popping, I'll I'll do that. But we're we're pretty pretty anal about it. Um, you know, it's funny. Mike DeCampo, you mentioned him. He was my guitar teacher, and um, I think I was taking with less, lessons with Mike while you were taking re- lessons with Ron Thal. Both people we've had on the show are teachers. But um, Mike came here and he saw my Variax which does all the guitars you just described, like maybe gets you like 92% of the way there. And he was looking at that like, hmm. Because <laughs> that's a funny thing because I noticed that you, you have one keyboard and you have everything dialed in. Do you do splits and stuff on that when you have to? This is the first. Uh, I just got this at Castellano's House of Music. Thank you. Um, 1013 Richmond Avenue, Staten Island, New York, 10314. That's amazing. You got it. You got it all. Done. I write a lot of bills from my school to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh yes, I want to, I want to play, I want to play three or four keyboards. I wanted smaller pieces, and then I just wanted to build my my Rick Wakeman yeah, yeah. and call it a day. And then once you start really working, you start to realize how stupid that is. <laughs> you know, it's like drummers that come to, to the gig with like guitars or another kit. story, but like keyboards, <laughs> if you drums. don't have to do that work, then that would be great. So I had a motif. You know, I used to play around with big workstations, but you know, I bought. The Nord Electro, I think it was ten years ago, nine or eight, eight or nine years ago. That was my bread and butter for a long time, and I just really loved um, the sounds. I mean, my first keyboards, actually, my first professional keyboards was a Roland. I had a JP eight thousand. So you know, I mean, so I've been through all the brands, but I just really like um, how easy it is to edit everything. I, I always kind of like something that matches like the old synthesizers, where most of the knobs are on the yeah. board. And that's that's why the, I I made when when we got the FAO cool six. With that. I said I gotta have knobs because yep. that's like you know, now that I started to 
get this hat on my head for the Blue Oyster Cult gig because we're using that with BOC. Yeah. I was like, I need, I need real time knobs. I'm done with this like no editing. To, yeah. The yeah. pads are a great, a great. Um, now in the world we live in, especially where keyboard players are asked to, you know, bring up either backing tracks or sound effects yeah, or important bits. Mm-hmm. You know, the voice that says thunder when you play that stupid song, hundred, you know, <laughs> which is now inside this keyboard as well. But um, but I think it's impressive that you 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 do the deep dive. You learn your gear. You know, that's really. I was important. excited to get one piece that I could play all of the stuff yeah. with. So that's that was that was this year's goal with getting a new getting new new gear to actually have all of it. You know, it is like choreography, like setting up splits and layers but it's fun I, it's another challenge I just enjoy for those of you who don't know uh, splits are when this part of the keyboard plays like the bass sound this part plays the horn sound yeah like so that. when we did in the cage you know there's the pad and then over here was the the voice instead of one of us having to sit there and go <laughs> You know, so there's a, like, the yeah. video of us doing that with Danny on YouTube, and I think I went, oh, <laughs> and this is before in your monitor, so it's like, oh. You can still watch that video. In it's fact, a big link in, a, in a club like that, too. Yeah. To, to and then there's like the sound. waitress who keeps standing in front of my camera. Yes. <laughs> this is so much better. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I kind of, I always felt like a keyboard player. Uh, I always wished I was a, a better keyboard player because that, like the keyboards, especially after being like an ELP fan, that was my favorite stuff. Just watching him, oh, but man. I kind of because I, I'm I'm not a keyboard player like as good as you guys. I kind of adapted the keyboard ideology, especially the one keyboard with the Helix, because I'm like, wait a minute, why am I bringing all this crap with me? I can get everything I need in this one unit. Plug in. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I see. But the thing is, because I embraced like the keyboard way of thinking, you know, because like you know, I play a little keyboard. I love keyboards, love synthesizers, but I, I, you know, some the guitar players and my guitar player friends are so attached to their tube amps and their pedals. God bless them. You know, that's if that's what you like, that's great, and I have more power to you. But yeah, I I'm mean, out. Y- by the way, you are. I'm converted after borrowing that thing from you from that from that wedding a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the guy was like, "Oh, those sounds sound great." I was like. Thank you that I told you that. And you're like, yeah, no shit. I put a lot of work into that. <laughs> um, it's great to get an amazing tone, but then you, yeah. have to, you have to be expedient if you're a professional working musician. You have to think about, is someone going to carry all my tube amps? Right. Do I have to carry all my stuff? You know, I can count on my hand the number of times somebody has brought my stuff into the, you know, into the theater, yeah. you know, the one or two open air. You know, it's so like my experience is most of the time I'm going to be taking care of it. And, and the other thing is if I'm in like Tulsa, right, and, and my gear breaks or I need to go to the store and buy a Helix, mm-hmm. I have all my sounds backed up on Dropbox. There you go. I can just <laughs> go amazing. get it and I can load in and I, my gig goes on. So I just, you know, doing a lot of work and the type of work you do facilitates and necessitates what you have to use. But um, you brought up in the cage, which uh, we're gonna, you know, end the show with that and uh, talking about that. This song, uh, when I heard "Lamb Lies Down on Broadway," I was blown away by it. But I was hoping to find like the hidden meaning in it. Oh, yeah. That's one of those albums that I I like did like the deep dive on. And I remember we, I think I was with you. Were you there when we first saw the Matrix? Maybe no. I remember going to see the Matrix. It, you were there because we all did we karate went at on night, right? N- no, it was the daytime, and we got out and we did karate on each other in the parking lot of the theater. <laughs> like we were so amped by watching that, we all just beat the crap out of each other outside. But I remember, like, we have a friend who should be on the show, actually, Matt Wilson. Oh yeah, who was right? Who was right in there with all this prog rock stuff with oh, us? Yeah. But 
like I think we were having this discussion like, yo, if you play Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and start at the same time as The Matrix, <laughs> everything like, you know, makes sense. Like I think the because the, the song right. Cocoon happened where um oh, yeah, waking up where he's you know waking up and I'm like <gasps> It's know? funny both <laughs> both guys, mo- both the bad. movie and that album have a similar thing where they start off really strong and by the end it's like eh, well maybe <laughs> They're riding the rapids. Maybe he's fighting a thousand of the same guy. Maybe it's yeah. It you know the, they didn't quite wrap that up. Right. I'm a pretty obsessive like Genesis you know person. You know, mm. reading books, interviews, even written a few blog posts of, like analyzing some of their music. And so I just found somebody uploaded like an interview with Phil like right while they were making the lamb. And it's like, oh yeah, you know how long how how much time did you spend recording? It's like oh you know three weeks. Three weeks, you know, so for a double album, to, you know, to record twenty six, <laughs> whatever it is, twenty six yeah. tracks. It's like, and you know, and even on his interview, he said like, you know, they were late on delivery, and at some point, you know, the record company was like, guys, I yeah. want, we want the record. So I think part of why like side four feels like it just you feels just like to get you know, it done. The end comes out of nowhere somehow. It's like that horse drawing how everybody uses it to describe Game of Thrones, right. like season yeah, one, it's right. fleshed out, and by season you know by season eight, eight you were like speeding it along. Yeah, yeah, let's just go. get it done. Wait, yeah, maybe if you play like the that. Lamb with Game of Thrones, that might definitely <laughs> <be>. <laughs> but I, I like I that was like a that wasn't a rewarding experience for me because I really wanted that to be like my dark side of the moon yeah, that lined right. up with something, but it really just didn't. <laughs> but um, I still it's think. A good try. I still like. I think my favorite Genesis album, you know, back to front is Duke. You know what I mean? This one it's, has it's got an emotional quality too, with like all the the heartbreaking kind of songs Duke? and stuff. Well, and it's like, about a divorce, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, so that it's like album. it's got it's got depth. They pulled some of Phil's songs that he was working on on his first record, and then by happenstance, the the one they liked was the most personal. Mm-hmm. So, like, if it had made it on his record, like, it would have been the sort of centerpiece. This is, like, the emotional core of the record. Mm-hmm. That's the one that they pulled. Because at that time, what they were doing was they would, you know, what have you got that you've sort of finished? We'll do some of those. And then on this record, they tried to do more group jams. But So they picked two of everybody's. So two nice. from Tony, two from Mike, and two from Phil. And so everybody liked Misunderstanding because they liked the, the shuffle beat. Uh, that's, not the, that's not a good sound at all. And then they picked, <laughs> they pulled Please Don't Ask. Maybe the chords, maybe Tony yeah. probably enjoyed that the chords. Song and then Phil was like, oh, gorgeous. that's like, that was, that's like the story of his whole, yeah, right. of, of face value in one song. And it's actually not, it's not even on his record, it's on Genesis's record. You know, it's it's amazing with that band, because we've all watched the documentary, right? Yeah. It's amazing that like, Phil Collins, like the biggest, like A-level, you know, rock star, he's still like be, beholden to his band at that point. Like, okay, um, if you don't, can I put these songs on my album? Like he's asking like Tony Banks, <laughs> yeah. who, who, who you wouldn't notice if you walk next to him in the supermarket. Like even us fans. Right, like right. If, if, you know, if, if, we, if Tony Banks walked up next to us, like we know what he looks like. We would just, you know. Right. Oh, it's, a, it's a, some English guy. You know what I mean? But it's just amazing that he had that kind of influence over Phil Collins. Uh, you know, I, watched, I was watching a bunch of Phil Collins drumming videos uh, he's my favorite drummer. I, I think I've said that before. On Amazing the, drummer. Uh, how do you find playing the drums on these tunes? Uh, it's okay, but it's it's. Uh, it, why did I even ask? No, him? no, no. The th- <laughs> no, the, the the interesting thing is that I think if you take apart all like the prog guys, like the the Carl Palmer and Bill Bruford, and then they all have this like fast and the light kind of thing. Yeah. And Phil Collins has, I feel like he's like a modern 
style drummer. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was doing it back then. You know, like all the all, like all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like you know, Bill Bruford was doing. Yeah. You know, and and that that's the thing I I, I enjoy going back to the, even like the older Genesis stuff that he still had that like powerful thing that no one at that time was doing. And I like that he he, he loved uh, Chester and, Thompson's work with Zappa. He said right. like the first thing he said when he met him was, how'd you do that fill? And he's talking about a fill in a song called Penguin in Bondage. Right. And it's a fill that goes, and that's what he used for uh, In the Air Tonight. Right, he, like yeah. just took that and like made it his own and like he used it in a lot of songs so it all directly goes back to that song that one Zappa song what, what I you know also like the unsung hero of this band obviously everybody likes the drumming and the singing and, and Tony Tony's like a cool use of pedal tones and all that stuff uh, but like the bass playing is phenomenal on yeah. all these all these tunes and uh, our friend Danny he was at like a wedding uh, and and Rutherford was there and he's like, "Oh man, your your bass playing changed my life." And he's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't think of himself as a good bass player. That's crazy. But like, you know, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam. Like, play that line from uh, from behind the lines. Uh, which one are you talking about? See, like, okay, never mind. You're making a thing of it now. Let me get my plectrum out here real quick. Oh yeah, over. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's amazing. That's that's the best. What else? What else would you play there? You know what I mean? That's the perfect thing to play mm-hmm. there. It's just great. So we're big Genesis nerds. Oh, and yeah. and uh, anything else you want to plug, or is there a, uh, something you want people to check out online? Maybe of mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you go to whatiskip.com, that would give you like a good you know. What um, is Kip? Uh, yeah, that's my e- my it. email handle. <laughs> you know, oh, uh, never change your email address. And never change your phone number, musicians. You yeah. If you can, it would. You know, I've had the same email address for. Tw- I mean, you'd be surprised, like mm-hmm. who might reach out to you. You know, just while we're talking about practical advice. Well, what is but, Kip is a cool email address. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> and you know what? I was like somebody. I forget who put it in my ear, and like I got it before I even like really fell hard for R and B, and like <laughs> having stuck with it. It makes me smile, and like I know that like another musician I connect with when they get my email handle, or if they check out like my now like my webpage, like that's. They they get that same little you know <laughs> smile like a little yeah, nod recognition inside so. musician joke yeah. and for a long time that was like my party piece like the one song I could sing okay it's like all right you know so I would r- rock out to Tower of Power you know well you sang great today you played great you taught me how to count this stuff <laughs> um, we even all though something a little bit. even though I still didn't do it right but <laughs> no th- I gotta say this we stuff- did it better than Fish did when they inducted Genesis into the rock oh and they roll. did it, they did this too they tried to play Watcher of the Skies and they tried to play No Reply at all and Kind of, I mean, the, the gesture was appreciated. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't, think, that I don't counts. think they put in as much work as we did tonight. Yeah, sure this, it it, the, you know, I got to say, like this kicked our asses. But uh, thank you for for helping us thank navigate. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, really. And uh, all right, Rob Kip, everybody. And uh, you know, thanks to Andy and Andy for joining me today. I'm Richie Castellano. Uh, this has been a Band Geek episode, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>